didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, and we take a look at every single episode of Stranger Things. We started with season one. We're now almost to the end of season two. We are now at chapter eight, titled The Mind Flare. And Colin is here with your summary. The eighth chapter of Stranger Things 2, titled The Mind Flayer, debuted on Netflix on October 27th, 2017. It was written and directed by the Duffer Brothers and has a runtime of 48 minutes and two seconds. It's Sunday, November 4th, 1984, and we're back in Hawkins, picking up at the exact end of episode six, The Spy. The demodogs are crawling out of the pit in the lab basement, sending Owens, Hopper, and all the lab folk scurrying. And it turns out polycarbonate glass is no match for hungry demodogs. Carnage ensues, the power shuts off, and the building is locked down. Across town, Billy and his dad enjoy some quality family time, but I digress. At the lab, Joyce sedates Will to stop the shadow monster from spying, and the whole gang retreat to the control room. There, they discover that turning the lights back on and opening the doors requires a manual something and an override thing, and Bob knows he's the man for the job. Meanwhile, Steve's crew of Lucas, Max, and Dustin arrive at the lab where they meet up with Jonathan and Nancy. Inside, Bob makes it to the basement and gets everything back up and running. Hopper, Joyce, Will, and Mike escape, and Owens guides Bob to the front door where he's promptly gobbled by a gaggle of demodogs. Joyce is bummed out, and everyone heads back to her house for refreshments. Mike suggests they interrogate Will to find out the Shadow Monster's weakness, so they tie him up in the backyard shed so he can't figure out where he is. As Joyce, Jonathan, and Mike all share memories they have with Will to make sure the monster hasn't completely taken over his body, Will starts tapping Morse code. Everyone works together to translate his message, close gate. Just then the phone rings, the shadow monster figures out where he is and he calls his demo dogs. As the gang prepares for war, they hear a kerfuffle outside and a dead demo dog comes flying through the window. The front door opens and it's L, back from the place that shall not be named, the end of chapter eight. Okay, I have a question. I might have an answer. Do how about, we... how about, how about homework first? Do you want to? Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll do homework and then we'll discuss this because I feel like okay. this will be an actual convo that we'll get into. But okay. are you ready for your homework? You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch up homework. Sure. All right. Number one, what Metallica album poster did Billy have on his bedroom wall? Kill them all. It's true. He did. That was it. He also had a, also had a Motley Crue little poster too. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I did it's kind see. of, it's right inside the door, right when his, his, uh, my brother was. had, well, it was much later. It's probably late eighties, early nineties, but like Iron Maiden. Remember they had those giant skeletons. Oh yeah. Kind of like the creepy monster kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Those were all over his bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Number two, how many darts were in the dartboard in Billy's room? There were three incorrect there were four one of them was white and you could barely see it (laughs) because i looked at them like one's in the bullseye i actually went back to see if i could add up the score and then i realized i have no idea how to score darts so i was like (laughs) i'll just count the darts and i said three at first but then i realized one of them is like almost clear it's white it bends it it like blends in Uh, that's, (laughs) that's schmucky okay Okay, 
Number three is what were the six locations listed on the computer screen when Bob was resetting the locks? Oh Lord. I have no idea. Not the, not the fire extinguisher one. The first one. It was a computer screen. Yeah. I have no idea. There was like stairwells and stuff like that. I, I, there's no way I'd know that. First floor, second floor, third floor, basement, roof access, and outdoor gate. Well, that makes sense, certainly. <laughs> yeah, it does. And finally, how many dogs were munching on dear sweet Bob at the end? Five. Correct. You could yeah. barely see the one, though. Yeah, there was a was fifth like one hidden off to the side. Yeah, Underneath yeah. there. All right. Yes, okay. I feel... I feel validated. And and you luck out because there's no where in the world is this week. So double two victory. Wins, two wins for Whitney. Look at you. Yeah, look at me go. Okay. What was your what was your conversation question? So what was the timeline from when Elle was in Chicago? Because I know we heard her hear the message from Hopper. So how long has she been gone? Okay, so yeah, I went actually went back and, and was going to talk about this last week, but we didn't. But I went back and looked it up, like what was going on in Hawkins while she was doing yeah. her thing. So she got to or she was at Becky's on the night of November 3rd, which is when Hopper was down in the tunnels. And it was also when Jonathan and Nancy slept together. So that was the night of November 3rd. And then the next day, so this was, she, she got into town, into Chicago, kind of hung out with them a little at night. And then the next day she was uh, pulling the train car and then they go to see Ray Carroll. So that was all on November 4th. And that was when Dustin was trapping the demo dog in the cellar. Um, and hanging out with and, and getting Steve to kind of come along and then Will was going through all of his exams when they, um, so like the uh, junkyard when they burned the um, burn the the tentacle and yeah. Will felt it. So that was November fourth, and then the night of the fourth was when they were at the junkyard at night, and that's when. So while that was happening, she was force choking Ray Carroll, and then they went back to the warehouse, and then she left and came back. And then so this episode starts late on the night of the fourth as the demo dogs are coming up out of the pit. So presumably this is when Elle is on the bus at least, or, you know, getting ready to get on the bus. So okay. she's, she's coming home at the same time that the demo dogs are wreaking havoc all over the lab. And, and then they take, will back and they do all the setup in the shed and then they do all the stuff with will and so she's presumably at least on the bus or or pulling into hawkins at that point so did we not see 11 at all in the episode before the lost sister was she not in that episode that's correct yeah she was not in that episode remember because we were talking this was the first episode without without l okay the only episode without l yeah 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 okay so yeah I, i i meant to talk about that in in our lost sister recap but we never we never got around to it but we yeah, were too I was, busy too i was kind of curious <laughs> not too busy hating it um yeah i was kind of curious as to kind of what was going on oh well that was my so. question i wasn't sure 
Yeah. So there you go. So this episode, uh, Back to the Mind Flayer, won an Emmy for Best Sound Editing, presumably for all the, the demo dog stuff kind of toward the end. The snarling. And eating Bob and everything <sighs> else. Uh, and then it also got nominated for Sound Mixing, but lost to Game of Thrones. Sound editing is such a weird category. Like and sound, and sound mixing. I mean, I, I'm not like what's smart the enough to know what the difference is between the and two. And also, so. they're just giving out awards for someone who like made the best footstep sounds and made You're the right. best like yeah yeah like they. I don't know. Just it's just a very. Well, I think I so, understand it. Takes yeah, I mean, so of much of movies and TV these days is re-recorded or ADR kind of audio it's not the actual audio that they capture at the time of filming they go back and they put in sound effects and sometimes they'll Mm -hmm. they'll dub the actual speaking parts again and but you know and we've talked before about you know the sound effects guys on this show and how they used you know the you know synthesizers and made the voices and whispers and squishy Mm -hmm. things and all that kind of stuff so yeah i mean it's not it's not happening in camera so they have to add it add it in later so I just feel like for any like gross, like squishy sounds, they just have like a big pot of like pasta or macaroni in there. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of stirring it. They're just it. stirring yeah. it around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to jump right into Bob's death or do you want to save that for a little? Oh, no. I, no, actually, you know, I was shocked at how early on in the episode it happened because. Yeah, it was I, only like 20 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in my head, it was at the end of the episode. That was. Right. In my head, that was where it cut off was was Hopper pulling Joyce out of the building. And I thought right. the next episode started with Will and the Morse code and all that. Yeah. So we had already talked about how Bob was going to die much earlier. Um, and in the um, World's Turned Upside Down book, Ross um, was interviewed for that. And he said, indeed, Bob was always intended to die, but you weren't supposed to be that sad about it. Um, but Sean Astin proved to be so likable that Bob's death got pushed from episode four to episode eight, because we kept wanting to keep him alive. It was important to us and also to Sean to give him a bit of a hero's death. We wanted him to accomplish something meaningful. That's how this idea came about. What we call our Jurassic park sequence in the lab, where Bob has to go down into the basement and reset the breakers. He may not be a traditional action hero like Hopper, but he's able to use his brain to ultimately save the day. And then in the Beyond the Stranger Things thing that they did on Netflix, Sean was interviewed. Well, it was a sound clip through a Mm videotape that he had recorded. And he said, I couldn't have asked them to write a better death. I tell people all the time that all an actor can hope for is a good death. And Bob gets really gets a chance to shine. So they I, I again, I was so shocked that they that it was as violent as it was. I was texting you when I was watching it and I forgot how terrible it was i remembered but the the original edit was actually worse because you can see it kind of the tail end of the clip uh when he's flat on his back and you can kind of see a little bit of blood kind of spit up Mm -hmm. out of his mouth and the original shot and i think it's in beyond stranger things i can't i can't remember for sure but i think it's in there they actually show the actual shot that they cut, which was like a fountain of blood coming out of his mouth, like he kind of coughed a bunch of blood out, but they ended up cutting that out to make it, you know, not, not quite as bad. So, well, and they, they go back too. was what was weird after they've left. It's like, he's already dead, but he's laying there and his eyes are open and he's just like, yeah, kind of like, like muse jiggling. Wing. Yeah. Like, well, muse yeah. Wing. yeah. 
Yeah, it, yeah. Was, um, it was actually kind of funny because I was reading recaps and um, Danny DePlacido from Forbes wrote his kind of recap and article and he had a line in it that I, I thought was really good. He's like, I really don't understand. He's talking about the demo dogs. I really don't understand how their genitalia pedal mouths can possibly <laughs> chew anything. They just I repeatedly... They just repeatedly scratch him with all those teeth. It must feel like being murdered by a group of thugs armed with pieces <laughs> of sandpaper. <laughs> it is true. I wondered that too. It's almost like, like the flaps would just like kind of suction. Yeah. It. Like, yeah it's not like they have like huge, no, like, you know, snake teeth that are, you know, or like no. alligator, you know, teeth or something. But like they that. show definitely... one of them like pulling like flesh yeah, off yeah. of him. Yeah. Real yeah, that was a, that was it. So when did you think he was going to die? Do you remember back? When, when I did, first watched yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, did I you, didn't think he was going to die. You didn't think he was going to die at all? I, when no. they had, when they, when they showed the shot of the gun still on the counter, when he left the room, I kind of, I kind of oh. thought that was. Mike is, my husband is very good at, sometimes it gets on my nerves because I feel like he'll almost accidentally spoil stuff, but he notices things like that. He'll be like, oh, they're wearing a white shirt. They're dead. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I don't pay attention to yeah. stuff like that. I'm not like looking yeah. at it. So but. they, they, when he left the control room, they, they kind of zoomed in on the gun that he left behind, and you're like, oh. No. Uh, one other quick little funny thing that I found. I don't know how I tripped on it, but I don't know if you've ever seen the, um, the GIF or I call them GIFs, but the GIF mm-hmm. of um, Sean Astin. It was, it's a clip from Encino Man when Sean Astin is sitting there and he kind of waves. At the pretty girl, it's Megan Ward's character oh. in Encino Man. Yes. So he he waves, and then you see her, and then Michael DeLuise's face kind of comes in from the side yeah. and shakes his uh-huh. head. So oh, it was on Reddit. That's where I saw it. So on Reddit, somebody had posted that clip, and somebody said, "I really need to see this immediately with a demo dog's face over Michael <laughs> DeLuise's face." And then somebody else said, "Already done, brother." <laughs> and they showed a link, and I'll I'll post the link to it. It's really funny. So it's a link of. It's it's Sean waving, and then it it flips, and instead of Megan Ward, somebody put Winona Ryder's face over her. Oh, and then a demo oh, no. a demo dog face comes in and kind of shakes his head. From the oh side, no, which I thought was really funny. We'll have to post it. We'll have to post it. The there's a video that Netflix did, and I sent it to you earlier, like a few weeks ago. But it's where. It, I can't even remember the title of it, but it has Bob holding Muse. Oh, yeah. So re- I was the other thing I was going to mention. Yeah, the reunion. Yeah. yeah, like the reunion of Bob and Muse. And they're both like a little bit salty yeah. that they that they no longer live. Yeah, they show, they show the clips. Now. They showed the clip. So Muse yeah. is sitting there watching himself being eaten yes. on TV. <laughs> he's like, and look he, away, buddy. He starts meowing. He's like, Meow. <laughs> yeah so we'll, we'll post a link to both of those things the um the the gif and then also the netflix read you know it was pretty funny so yeah yeah but i no, i was shocked that it happened this early i thought in my head it was the end of the episode so i was even this time was when it was coming up i was confused but yeah yeah um i did like uh and credit the duffer brothers for this one in the direction i really like their use of the security cameras Mm-hmm. Um, and the well, it's not really like tracking, video, but, but yeah, tracking especially the with with Bob going into the closet because it was two different cameras, but one was on the elevators and showed the dog, and then you know the camera shooting down the hallway where it was where he was. Mm-hmm. So instead of like being there in the hallway and filming it kind of real, you know, you could kind of see it through the surveillance cameras. I thought that kind of gave it a, mm-hmm. it was a little bit more immediacy and 
I just, I really liked how they yeah. really use the security cameras. And I loved, as disgusting as it was, the elevator carnage with the group of the scientists. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when are you going to use, learn to not use these elevators? <laughs> the very first shot of the very first episode was that yeah. lab tech guy getting eaten alive. I in would the never yeah. get on an elevator in that yeah. lab ever. But, uh, and they still have to keep pushing the button. Push, 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 push. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Billy for a little bit because we got we got a little bit of backstory. Well, they called it context, and the, the Duffers said it's they they didn't include this scene as an ex, it's not as an excuse; it's just an explanation. Mm-hmm. And it actually originated with Daker, who went to the Duffers and said, "Please don't do make everyone hate me." Yeah, I mean, you got to do something because you know he said in the article, "I I can't just play bad because nobody's just bad." And then he said, it's funny yeah. because I've, got, I've gotten a number of messages about that scene, in particular with the dad, people all around the world saying I responded to this scene. Um, and it's true. I mean, because now we have a little bit of context. And again, it's not a, you know, it's not an explanation. This is, or it's not an excuse. It's no. Excuse it. it's, it's just kind of a little well, bit just, of backstory. It's like an origin story, like a little yeah. mini origin of where, why Billy is the way that he is. And yeah. I, it's still very... I hate to criticize anything about the show except for episode seven, but I feel like they didn't do a great job with Billy and Max's parents. Uh, It was, it felt kind of crammed in there. And it, when you get to Billy's story at the end of three and you think back to this scene, it kind of doesn't really make sense. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mesh very well. Yeah. And and you trip on that a little bit in Stranger Things. They'll, they'll, you'll be kind of floating along and then you'll see a scene that they're clearly responding to something. Mm -hmm. And and of course these were all done. I mean, they weren't, you know, released at a week at a time, so they couldn't go from social media reaction or anything, but whether one of the kids came up to them and suggested something or one of the adults Mm -hmm. said something or a writer in the writer's room said something, you know, some things just feel a little bit out of place. And this, like I was saying in the recap, I mean, you're just, everybody's getting killed in the lab and carnage everywhere. And, and all of a sudden, and now Billy's getting ready for a date. And then he's the, adjusting the that and, you know, that one kind of lone curl yeah. <laughs> in the mirror and, he, and the Aquanet and everything else. And then he there. looks for, he like leans to the, he leans into the mirror and winks at himself. And he puts a little, a little cologne on his junk too. Oh, that, is... that part was gross. That really <laughs> grossed me out. Like, ugh. Yeah. Dislike. And then he, then he actually sheds a little bit of a tear too, which was. Yeah. And, and again, I, I have a hard time. It seems like Susan is a nice person. Like, it, and it, she seems. Yeah. Very, very seem... kind of calm and very, you know, like, normal for in quotes. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And they, they seem like they're, you know, they're at least like not well off but they're stable yeah but if you if you remember max made a comment in one of the earlier seasons that they were that she mentioned the street that she lived on and it was implied that it wasn't a very nice street and i I just i don't know like that whole billy's backstory and i understand why they did it but i it yeah now you want to see more backstory of well Mm -hmm. how did did susan meet you know (laughs) well yeah like because (laughs) you know what, what brought them together and you know right. why is she with him and you know so yeah and so and from the way max tells it in you know two episodes prior her dad like she her dad was the good guy so i don't know like you yeah. know what i mean yeah no it's true so 
then we get Steve traipsing the kids through the woods along the train tracks. I love Steve. And then Lucas and Dustin's little tiff about breaking the rule of law. So I went back and looked. So we have putting the party in jeopardy is breaking the rule of law. Okay. And then Dustin fired back while well, you told, you know, her the truth. Yeah, you, breach so of that, trust. So that was breaking the rule of law. And then back earlier in the season, we had the whole bit with, you know, whoever drew first blood has to give the handshake. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they have a lot of rules of law in their in their little party. I think it's all from. Um, and it really bugs me that they call it a party. Why? Why? I don't know. It should be a club or. Uh, I don't it's know. It's from. <laughs> I think it's all from Dungeons and Dragons. I know. It's just. Right. It's like, just... I'm, I feel like they got all those rules from Dungeons and Dragons oh, sure and their did. party. Yeah. yeah. Is. Yeah. But I do feel a little silly yeah. whenever I'm writing in my article. Well, the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, it's a gang of kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then they emerge and then Jonathan and Nancy are there. And I, I can't, the Californians, the SNL skit. Oh yeah. Is one of my all time favorite SNL mm-hmm. things. And the whole thing is like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so they come out of the woods and Nancy's what? like, what are you doing here? And I just, I can't, she can't, I mean, she says it nothing like that, but whenever oh, somebody says, what are you doing here? I right. always think of the Californians and it's so funny. Devin? <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they... then it really tripped me out with Dustin trying to open the gate, like, it, it wasn't like it was a complicated thing, like Jonathan was doing something wrong. It was a button that you had to push. And, oh, I know. And, Jonathan and Dustin said, let me it. try it. <laughs> like, like you have magic fingers that yeah. Jonathan doesn't have. Like, he okay, just started yeah. banging on the button too. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, it was funny. And I, I tried to get, uh, I, and I don't remember, I watched this on Monday, so I don't remember exactly, but I tried to see if Steve had any sort of reaction to Jonathan and Nancy being together? Did it show his face at all? What are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Other than that. Um, I don't think so. I think it was just more confused. Like what were they actually literally, what were the two of them? Not the fact that they were together, but they were there. Yeah. Because remember last thing he knew he was in the shower with Billy and they, and Tommy was saying that they've, you know, other bitches in the sea. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the last thing he knew, you know, and hasn't well, seen and he was him in going, two days. So when he was going to her house, he was bringing her roses to apologize. Yeah. And Dustin's like, she's not here. So let's go. Yeah. And he got sucked into all this. Yeah. And I think about this and I know it's silly because it's a TV show, but I'm, I'm like, how did the government really trust all these kids to not say anything? I guess he just, I guess they just assumed that nobody would believe them. Yeah, probably. But again, it goes back to the whole thing I've been saying all along with Joyce. Oh, yeah. Because they said Joyce wasn't going to say anything. That's the newspaper. And then there was article. a newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. So. so so Mike actually talked to Max a little bit in this episode briefly. Yes. Uh, when he was not later in the episode when he was a dick, but um, early on when he was explaining all the tunnels and everything, mm-hmm. um, he was actually talking to her like a human being, like she was in the room and needed to know these things. So that, yeah. that kind of. That I know. I have a little thing this week and it it involves Mike. Yeah. So then it turns around, you know, five minutes later and he's like, and the two of them are in the kitchen. I know. And he's, he's right back to his general part of the party, obnoxious ways. 
Um, but I did like Lucas and Dustin's moment when they were sorting through the trash and, and Dustin's like, you know, she's your girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but it was kind of, I felt like it was kind of awkward. Like that he was talking about, but I I thought it was like, I felt it. What? The electricity. Yeah. It was weird. I'm like, what? You're like 12 years old. Stop. (laughs) And how about, um, how about Steve's comment about the Germans? I don't remember. What did he say? Oh, they were talking about the master race and everything like that. And Steve's like, oh, like the Germans. Oh, no, no, like the Nazis. (laughs) 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 So a lot of them happen to be German, but it was not a German thing. It was a Nazi thing. So that was was kind of funny. But I also liked uh, when they were waiting, when when the kids were in the house and uh, the other group were were interrogating Will, Um, he 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 was doing his bat bat flip again which i thought oh yeah which was kind of neat i love his bat flip though so then we get to the whole bit with will and and the whole you know bringing up memories and all that kind of stuff so um joyce was talking about him drawing the the rainbow ship and then uh jonathan was talking about when his dad left and mike was talking about them you know the first time they became friends i um the the inner retentive part of me um and i don't know what made me look it up but Joyce said she got him the 120 crayon box. It didn't exist yet. It didn't. Well, if it's Crayola, I mean, we're assuming they're Crayola crayons, but Crayola yeah. crayons didn't put out 120 box until 1998. So, and, and he would have been, right. he would have been eight years old at the time. So even, even more in the past. So it would have been 19, what, 79. Yeah. I'm just saying. It, no, I know. I actually saw that the other day. Um, there are, there are a lot of anachronisms in this show. There are. And and it's so it was so funny because in one of the subreddits the other day, someone was like, I finally caught a mistake. Yeah, that. Did you like, see it? Like, <laughs> really? Oh my God, listen to our podcast, dude. Yeah, it's, I was crazy. I almost commented and said yeah. there's a podcast. I think I yeah. think I told you to, I think that was the yeah, one I told that's you right. That was what you talked about. So yeah. So yeah, the the whole scene. Um, I haven't actually mentioned Tim Ives' name in a while, the cinematographer. Um, but he was talking about how they filmed the scene in the shed with Joyce and Will and the lights and everything. And, and this is from world's turned upside down. He said, um, it said cinematographer, Tim Ives lit the scene, lit the scene simply. And for maximum effect, believe it or not, he says, some of the best scenes come down to a dollar 99 light, which is what that was. It was just the right tool. They're basically those little photo flood clip on lights I think Winona really looks beautiful in that scene where she's trying to connect with she her son. She did. That light was bouncing off Noah Schnapp's chest back onto her. So it was like an indirect light because he had his white oh, um, kind of the hospital like, gown yeah. on. And yeah. it, had the, it had the little pattern on it, but it was mostly white. Yeah. So it was those really bright floodlights bouncing off of him. So it was kind of an indirect lighting on her, which did it did. It looked great. So. Yeah, it did. And I, I just, I remember thinking when I was watching this episode, how much better her hair is this season <laughs> compared to season one clothes like, still have oh. issues but the hair does look better right yeah she's at least i mean i don't know how much we can we can hope for with the clothes all right so let me ask you a question you always ask me questions okay ask me. so they hear the kerfuffle outside the cabin the demo dogs are coming all of a sudden one i think i know what you're gonna ask me flying but... in through the window it's dead and then l comes in why would L throw a demo dog through the window? Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to ask me. What did you think I was going to ask you? I thought you were going to ask me, 
how did nobody end up shooting Elle when she walked in? Well, because, that, that too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've seen that clip twice because I had to look up something else. I've seen that clip twice in the past, like, three days. And Mike said the same thing when we were watching it. He said, are they going to shoot her? Like, because yeah. if you're that nervous and you're waiting for monsters to come through. Yeah, I, I, either they were coming in, too, whoever was coming in was coming in too slowly to be a monster. Or yeah. they, they saw her, they saw her sneaker first, maybe. I don't know. Well, I wondered if it's because she turned the lock. And yeah, they could knew. Be. But the yeah. Demogorgon did that in episode one. That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know, but yeah. So why, I mean, do you think she was just kind of like throwing them around and one just happened to go through the window? I do. Yeah. It's just kind of, kind of strange. That's, yeah. That's my guess is that she, maybe just her aim was off. <laughs> I don't know. Also, why, why didn't Hopper just shoot it immediately? Yeah. What? Yeah, like, why didn't he, he went over and he got real close to it before he touched it with his boot. Why didn't he just shoot it? No, that's a good point too. Yeah. Also, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I lived through that. To be honest, that was probably that was probably the closest to death she's been. That would have that would have made for a very interesting series had she, yeah, she yeah, been killed right there. But I, I really was like, she came in so slow, and they were all primed and ready. Yeah. Like, does or Lucas was gonna like you know launch a you know wrist rocket bullet into her head and right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Anything else on the episode before we go into our? Uh-uh, I don't. Okay, so let's let's talk about some little things. Wait, did did you see something? Yeah. What, what did what did you see? My little thing, and it was just kind of it reminded me of really how little these kids are. And I thought Finn Wolfhard did such a good job with this when Will is freaking out and they're getting ready to um, give him the sedative, mm-hmm. and Finn Wolfhard just puts his hands over his ears. Yeah, yeah. Real quick. And it was just a little move, like, but he looked so nervous and scared and it was just such a kid move yeah. to do. And I, it just, I noticed it and it stood out and I thought, well, that's, I don't know. I, I liked it. it was yeah. And that's great. totally something that he might've just done on his own. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So I liked the bit when uh, Bob was talking to Hopper about whether or not he knew basic and therefore, you know, should he teach him French and German? Yeah. He turned and asked Owens, do you speak basic? And Owens for a second, Paul Reiser was, it looked like he was getting ready to say something. Yes. I was like, ah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I like that bit. I also, I love the um, Hopper tossing the gun to Nancy. I thought that was, that was really Yes. Cool. It was very slick. Yeah. Like, and she just grabbed it and. Yep. Cotton ready. Here we go. And, and yeah. then I love, and I never even noticed it. I don't think um, until I think somebody pointed it out on Reddit that Mike was holding a candlestick. Yes, yeah. he's holding his like, weapon a, of yeah, choice. like a vase or it, I thought it was a trophy or something. No, it's like a brass candlestick. Yeah, it's so it's maybe like two inches above yeah. his hands. Yeah, so that's I'm his like, weapon. I love it. Is he just going to throw it at him? <laughs> like, yeah. And then Steve was primed and ready to go with his bat. Yep. Uh, Max didn't have anything. Lucas had the wrist rocket. Did Dustin have anything? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Jonathan had anything either. Did he? No, because he doesn't know how to shoot a gun. No. Okay, so that's it for little things. And there's no yeah. where in the world is this week. So you're yeah, free. Because we didn't know where they were. Right. Will didn't know where they were for sure. Okay, so call moment. Yeah, let's do it. Your call moment. So 
this one, I've talked about my third level nerddom a lot, but back in the, and this all stems from the whole basic um, and computer programming and all that kind of stuff. So I was, you know, nine in 1980 when I think we got our first TRS-80. I think it was, I think I was nine or 10. So just the basic kind of personal computer, home computer thing that ran, yeah. on, ran on basic. And I remember back in the day, there was a, there were a couple magazines. Uh, one was actually, I think it was called TRS-80 Microcomputing News. Um, there was also another magazine called Compute. And that's the one I really remember. So Compute Magazine came out, started in 1979, went to 1994. And it was, I mean, there was some articles in it about, you know, the latest technology and blah, blah, blah. But they are also famous for including pages and pages of code that you could transcribe into your computer. You could program it into your computer to make it do something, play a, play a quick little game or, you know, start making a list for something or do kind of little goofy things for that. And I'll post a link to this because you will never believe it. But if you look back at the computer compute magazine articles, I mean, it's like five, six pages of code. And I remember sitting in front of my computer, reading the code and, and typing then, it in and then typing it in to the computer. What would it do? Like, I don't understand. Like, I know like what code does, but like, would it like, give me an example of something it would do. You, you could play games. I mean, there were little games that, that, that oh, okay. I mean, nothing, nothing major, you know, but like a, kind of like a space invaders kind of thing or something like that. But the thing was the the code itself was not, I mean, it's English, but I mean, it's just gobbledygook. So, I mean, for example, at one point you would have to type P-O-K-E space 705 comma P-E-E-K open parentheses 707 plus sign C open parentheses one minus I comma B-R slash three and parentheses and parentheses colon and this goes on for pages and pages. So you type all of this stuff in. Would have done something like that. Yeah. 100%. So you, you type all of this in. You spend the better part of a day, if not several days, typing all this stuff in. You're done. You hit run. And somewhere you forgot an open parenthesis. Or you forgot a hyphen. Or you put oh, an O instead no. of a zero. So it would run for like three seconds. And then it would say error. And you would have to go back and figure out where the error was from. I mean, this is how we occupied our time in 1980 with our new TRS-80 computers. But I will de I'll definitely post a link to this so you can see it. I 100% would have done. I loved playing like Office when I was little. Mm -hmm. And I loved typing so much. And it was in the 80s. My mom got me this little, it was a keyboard. But there was a screen that was about an inch tall and probably three inches like wide mm -hmm. and it was to teach you how to type so it was to teach you where to put your fingers yep and you would just type the letters on it and then it would score you i played that i wore it out <laughs> i played there was no there was no monitor there was no screen but like yes so you with the code would have i would have 100 felt like i was some sort of hacker Oh yeah. Oh, I loved it. I mean, like doing was, big things. It was so frustrated. And I remember getting frustrating with it, but every month I'd sit down and I'd put the new one in and, and it would, oh, work. Yeah. you know, eventually you would get it working and it was like a little asteroids kind of game or something silly like that. But you know, it was that's uh, so funny. Yeah. So that's my Colin moment. Oh, I love it. 
Okay, real quick on music, only one song this week. Okay. So the, uh, well, Should I Stay or Should I Go is kind of reprised at the end, but we've already talked about that. I think we've talked about that twice, actually, already. <laughs> I really like this song. The running theme. Yeah. Uh, but the song this week is uh, The Four Horsemen by Metallica. And this is a song that Billy is playing as he's um, applying. Brute by, <laughs> brute, it's not Brute by Fabergé because that was a green bottle. I don't know what 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 Cologne was using um, to his nether regions. Uh, the song came out in July of 1983. We saw the poster. We already talked about the poster. It was never released as a single, but it came out. It was on the album Kill em All that he had the poster oh. in as well. So that's it's it for music, it. which I think just leaves us superlatives. Ooh. superlatives and i've got mine's <laughs> mine's kind of mine's bob newbie heavy this week okay you want to start with best line yeah uh best line is when bob my line was when bob was talking to jim all right teach it to me shall i teach you french while i'm at it jim how about a little german how about you doc you speak basic yeah, I like I like that a lot, and that's what I was talking about—the whole basic and learning mm-hmm. basic and everything. So, it, and, he, and he's right. I mean, you can't just sit down and start typing basic. There's a lot of ifs and thens and and end and return and all that. Kind oh of yeah, stuff. So I remember. I liked little, that. I remember a little of it. I liked that Mike was the one that knew what it was. Right. Yeah. It was just it was just Bob and Mike. Yep. Uh, my have? best line was uh, Dustin explaining how he came up with the word demo dog. Well, what do you want to do, Mike? Right, the chief's right on this. We can't stop those demodogs on our own. Demodogs? Demogorgon. Dogs. Demodogs. It's like a compound. It's like a play on words, you know? Okay. It's like a... <laughs> just, he's just, I just love Dustin to death. And, and just, just the way that he explains things and kind of, it's like, it's demogorgon, it's a dog. So of course it's demodogs. I think we talked about this before. You know that they have names, like someone is named like every single stage. Oh yeah, you were talking like Frog a Dog and all. Yeah, like yeah, I can't remember all of them. There was Demo Frog or something. Yeah, Demo Frog or something. There's something like there's Polywog, but there was one in between Polywog and and the Dimma Cat. Yep. And then yeah, I don't know. People are gonna. Yeah, it wasn't Frog a Dog. It was. was No, it was definitely not Frog a Dog. Yeah, Demo Frog. Yep. Okay, most spirited. I went with, um, I had to go with Billy's end table or night table or whatever it was. He had two bottles of cologne. He had a can of hairspray, the Aquanet. He had a thing of mousse. And then he also had a thing of Brexit uh, setting lotion. And then he had the ashtray. So that was his. (laughs) Imagine your parents just letting you just smoke in your bedroom. Right. Like enough that they gave you an ashtray. Right. You have your own ashtray. Right. <laughs> but I love you. Two kinds of cologne, hairspray, mousse, and Brexit setting lotion, oh, all man. in all in period appropriate containers, which I thought was really good. So that oh was my gosh. Most, most my, my most favorite is actually Billy related to it's Billy's lone curl. That's what I gave it to you. Oh, yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, it's very he just, you know, like he's Danny Zuko in Greece kind of. Oh, know, yeah. He just, yeah. you know, twirls yeah. it, pulls yeah. it down a little bit. It's got to be perfect. That yeah. was my most spirited for the week. Okay, most most stranger thing. Bob's death. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. I was I was I was figuring you were going that way and it's kind of the obvious choice. 
Um, but I was also, I remember at the time when the demo dog came through the window at the end, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And why is it dead? And it made um, a weird sound when Jim, yeah. when Hopper. Yeah, the squishy sound when he stepped yeah. on it. Yeah. That's where that sound editing came but in. Yeah, it had to be Bob. So MVP, do we need to even discuss it or? No, man, it's Bob Newby all the way. It's gotta be Bob Newby, our boy Bob. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll miss him. We won't. Yeah. I don't know how Joyce is going to get over it. Yeah, well, we all know what she's going to get under Hopper. That's what she's right. going to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing too, because I think you know we haven't really talked about this, but it'll come up obviously in the in the next episode, and we'll get to it. But I never really had the sense. I mean, I thought that Joyce was happy with Bob, and I th- but I thought Bob was a lot more smitten with Joyce. Oh than, yes, than Joyce was with Bob. I think I- she was very happy to have him around. Um, well, I think he was safe. He yeah. was safe and comfortable choice. And he was what she needed after last, the, the previous year. Right. I think that was, you know, what she needed. But yeah. I, I, I'm not to say that they wouldn't have made it for the long haul if yeah. he had survived. Right. But yeah. he was always going to die. So, yeah, the die wasn't, was cast. Wasn't long for this world. Yeah. Right. I think that does it. Okay, that does it for this week. If you like what you hear, you can always leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. It helps us get in front of other potential listeners when you do that. You can also find us on Spotify or pretty much any place that you listen to your podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions or you want to submit your own superlatives, then you can email us at scoopshoypod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials at scoopshoypod. And Next week, we'll be covering chapter nine, the season two finale titled The Gate. So I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.